right, welcome everybody to Freightonomics. Uh, today's show with me and Anthony Smith, Zach Strickland here, Director of Freight Market Intelligence here at Freightways, Anthony Smith, Chief Economist, uh, here to discuss what's going on in the freight market and the overall economy. But we also today have a special guest that I'm very excited uh, to introduce. You flew in almost fresh off the plane here before we dive into things. But Anthony, first, do you want to introduce, are you watching LinkedIn? Oh yeah, so I'm going to be watching LinkedIn. So if I'm looking down, I'm not being rude or that rude intentionally. I'm going to be looking at LinkedIn. So if you have any questions, you want to jump into the conversation, you want to add to it, just feel free to chime in right here on LinkedIn. So I'm going to be watching that one, monitoring, send you a little shout out, join the show. Yeah, and, and yes, me and Anthony didn't just decide we needed to get closer. Uh, for those of you that are normally used to watching is kind of spread apart here, we've got a special guest, Parker McNamara from Project 44. I'm very excited uh, to have him on the show today to kind of discuss, one, what it is that Project 44 does, and number yes. two, uh, what do you do and, and what do you see? So let's, let's get started with, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. And yes. your involvement in Project 45. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Zach Anthony, thank yeah. you uh, for welcoming me on the, the show. Uh, a, a bit of a last second edition here, so I appreciate the accommodation. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm an RVP of sales at Project 44. Uh, for those unfamiliar with Project 44, we're the world's largest advanced visibility platform. So simply put, real-time tracking across all of your transportation shipments um, at the order and inventory level. Um, and so you know, I've been with the company for about four years, four and a half years. Uh, so I've been fortunate to, to see a lot of growth in the visibility space, uh, a lot of adoption of technology within logistics, uh, but also been a part of you know what, what we've seen these past 24 months, which uh, there's been a lot of shifts in the market. So uh, it's been exciting and I appreciate you guys having me on here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I know, yeah. like I said, last second here, uh, just flying <laughs> in. We appreciate you making the time and jumping on. I mean, you've been with Project 44 for over four years now. You've seen quite a bit of the market. I mean, You've seen the different shifts. There is trends. There is boom cycles. There is down cycles. What's going to be? What's been one of the interesting things that you've seen happen over like the last year or so? I mean, it makes sense that we have this awesome partnership because at Freightwaves, one of the things that Craig really brought up here was transparency. Project Forty Four is bringing that transparency in a very amazing way in the maritime and when you look at international side. So, what's been one of the things that you've seen really honed in on over the last year or so within the industry? Yeah, it's it's been interesting, right? Um, so you know, if, if we wind it back about a year, uh, everyone was just trying to figure out from a visibility standpoint. A lot of what Project Forty Four does is drive predictability into your supply chain. So as they're starting to look at, you know, okay, there's all of a sudden these disruptions. The you know the news around the port of LA is starting to come out. Uh, it was kind of panic mode, right? Yeah. So everybody's coming. Hey, how can you help fix this? How could I have known that this was coming? And I think as we're starting to progress over the last twelve months, what I'm starting to see in the market more than anything is. Um, almost this like comfortability to disruption that's starting to occur. Uh, even like when I when I talk to customers and when start you know they ask me, hey, what's gonna what's gonna be the ocean transit times? What, what's gonna be taking place in the in the trucking market? Um, I think they're starting to be more comfortable with like these are gonna be short cycles and they're gonna be very violent uh, over the next you know twelve to twenty four months. And you know we're starting to set those expectations back at the board level of hey we don't really know. Right. There's some data providers out there. There's the freight waves. There's Project 44. That's going to give us some inclination. Uh, hopefully, give us a little bit more runway into you know when these disruptions are coming. But uh, the reality is, you know, these are here to stay. And I think you know if it's if it's you know not port congestion, then it's going to be the port slowdowns. Or of course, we got you know what's happening in the, in the domestic truckload market right now. Um, you know, these trends are, are not going away. And I think we're starting to see the market start to actually adopt that and say, okay, 
how can we create a little bit of resiliency to be prepared for the next massive disruption where my CEO is going to call me and say, what are we doing about uh, you know, X, Y, Z? So it's, it's been an interesting shift. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's kind of like we, we were lulled to sleep almost. And I know yeah. you had a little bit of experience uh, prior to the, uh, you know, going to Project 44, you were recruiting yes. uh, in the brokerage sector, the 3PL sector for a while. So you definitely know that the market wasn't necessarily as volatile as it yeah. is today. Uh, and I think a lot of strategies and supply chain management strategies actually were built off of that stable period of time. Yeah. Are you starting to see a lot of people kind of accept like what you're talking about here in terms of, you know, we're not going to go back to 2010? Yeah. Or, or, or do you think there's still some people holding on to that post-recession uh, mentality. Yeah, mm-hmm. you typically see two schools of thought, right? Yeah. Uh, the first is like, okay, everything we did before 2000, let's call it 20, yeah. uh, <laughs> let's just throw it away, right? Like, right. let's restart with systems, with, you know, assumptions, with expectations. Um, and so you see those people who are really plugging in some of these new data sets into existing systems, right? You know, new transit times, new ETAs, um, and, and how are we using that from a planning and execution standpoint? Um, I would say on the other side, you, you kind of have, uh, you know, the other school of thought, which is we're going to double down, right? Like we've right. already made these investments in these technologies. Like I'm not going to admit defeat here. Uh, I'm going to continue to to kind of will my way uh, until the markets resume to be uh, a little bit back down to earth. So well, we'll, we'll see, right? You know, obviously, <laughs> I think that the three of us uh, favor one school of thought there and certainly believe uh, the, the results from that will be fairly exponential in the years to come. Um, but that, that's typically kind of what you see. There, there's rarely in the middle where it's kind of like, hey, maybe we blend a couple of technologies. It's usually fresh start, I'm ready to go. Uh, or we're still kind of in that old school. So Parker, a little bit of a question here on LinkedIn. Real okay, quick. we're getting live questions. Yeah, bring bring live them on, yeah. Real quick. So when we're looking at Project 44 itself as a platform, does it integrate with other platforms? Does it stand alone? Um, does it work with TMS? Things yeah, like that? that's a great question. So uh, we're really a system agnostic platform. So uh, at our core, we're a data service. And so we have native integrations into over 55 of the largest TMS providers in the world. Um, so it's essentially a turnkey turning on our data. And, and there it is, real-time shipment visibility across your entire supply chain. Um, but then also proprietary systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a many-to-one API connection platform. So we really look at ourselves as the connective tissue within supply chain, uh, where you, know, you integrate with us in a single system record. And we're going to integrate into all of your capacity partners, regardless of mode of transportation or geography, to, to give that normalized data into your system. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. And then, so, you know, you guys obviously have a lot of visibility around the ports yeah. and the, yeah. uh, the imports yeah, and everything do. there. We actually have some of your data inside of Sonar. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank uh, you for that. It's yeah, very useful. It's good partnership. Yeah. So the, uh, I guess my next question, and, and I know you've got uh, limited time here before we go, is are you seeing any kind of significant divergence or changes on that maritime side yet? Or are we, are we starting to see some of the similar things happen that we're seeing in the domestic truckload side translate upstream a little bit? Uh, we are. So we're seeing a little bit more stabilization, mm-hmm. certainly on, on the international shipping side. Now, you know, a, a little bit more compared to what we experienced in the past year is right. uh, saying very little. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do think we're probably going to see a similar slight decline in terms of just total shipping volume mm-hmm. um, as, as we do move away from peak season and all this inventory finally gets to the DCs mm-hmm. uh, that have been, you know, these POs from months and months right. and months ago, right? We went through the cycle where no chief supply chain officer <laughs> could have enough inventory, right? It was exactly. like, it doesn't matter, like just cut the purchase order, like let's get this over here. And I think we are going to see that that inventory make their way to the shelves, uh, which, which will cause an eventual, you know, a little bit of a slowdown there. Hopefully, of course, the timing of that will, will align with, uh, you know, some seasonality pickups though. 
And so, Parker, I, I know you have to go, but I, I, I want to yeah. keep talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I, I, I welcome uh, you guys. Welcome me here. So. so I also have a follow-up question because yeah. inventory is, is an awesome topic right mm -hmm. now. We're looking at inventories. We, we chat with Dr. Zach Rogers over at Colorado State. That's really a, a huge, I think, what is it, the 800-pound gorilla in the corner <laughs> of the room that no one wants to talk about? Yeah. It's been piling up. Do you see this as being like a really, you know, concerning trend moving forward? Or is it something that we can really kind of work ourselves through as we continue to kind of progress through this maybe waning goods market uh, in the upcoming months here? Yeah, so um, th those are a lot of the conversations we're having with customers, right? Is how can we use this data to optimize inventory? Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, visibility can provide lots of ROI, like a tactical level. But as you start getting more and more strategic, it's it's how do we drive customer experience by having the right inventory? Right. Uh, but then also, how are we reducing waste and how are we reducing some of that safety stock and, and bloat? And I think what we're seeing here is because everybody just went through this cycle of buying as much as they could, uh, they kind of updated the lead times into their planning systems to be these really long lead times. As those start to compress, if you're not plugging in dynamic lead times of what's actually happening in the market for the past six months, what are we projecting in the next six months, um, you're going to be stuck with that excess safety stock. And it's it's going to cause lots of expense in terms of these warehouses are going to fill, D&D at uh, the ports, it's going to be expensive. A amen to that. Yeah, we talked to Dr. Zach Rogers about inventory costs being through the roof. Yep. Uh, inventory management. If you're managing inventory this year, you're God <laughs> you've got a you. tough job. That's yeah, right. God yeah. bless you. There's a lot to that, and I think we'll probably, you know, it's this ebb and flow yeah. cycle that we're in right now. Well, thank you so much for yes. jumping on the show and give everybody a place they can reach out if they want to find out more about Project 44 or yeah, you. absolutely. <laughs> uh, so two things: one, uh, follow us on LinkedIn. Always producing new content in terms of what we're bringing to the market, what we're seeing in the market. Uh, we share a lot of the data that we collect for free. Uh, so, you know, oftentimes you can just see what we're sharing around uh, the ports. And then the other piece is, you know, on our website, if you want to learn more, if you want to continue this conversation, I welcome it with any of the listeners here. Um, certainly, you know, as you can tell, I, I love talking about it. So uh, feel free to reach out to us via our website. I'll make sure it's connected to me directly and, and we can keep this going. All right. Well, thank you so All much, right. Parker. Thank you, uh, guys. Enjoy the rest of your <laughs> trip. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I appreciate it. All right, man. All right. Take appreciate care. It. Well, Anthony, that I mean, the market, I, I, I love hearing about like these other like participants. You know, at Freightways, we have a lot of internal <laughs> information and knowledge yeah. here, but it's not necessarily, uh, you know, we, we, I like having some of that external experience. Yeah, and I mean, it's <laughs> part of what we're talking about. I know even just this morning, we're talking about all the different moving pieces. There are mm -hmm. so many different moving segments. Well, even him, the maritime sector, is moving independently yeah. of the domestic truckload. But some of that is connected, and anything that happens upstream affects the downstream. And I, I think that's something that we have to be mindful of. Speaking of upstream Speaking of we, yeah. <laughs> and, and extremes, we have, we have a clip. Uh, Dr. Zach Rogers here, Anthony, if you want to set it up. Uh, that's right. Tell so, us what we got. Dr. Zach Rogers over at Colorado State University really heads up the Logistics Managers Index. If you haven't been taking note of it, been watching it, please do yourself a favor, read it, get in, involved in some of the reports. I think Dr. Zach Rogers is one of the most underrated voices in the supply chain. He usually joins us here on Freightonomics from time to time, but couldn't be live because he teaches. he's busy teaching he works. his day job. What do you know? <laughs> so, but he was kind enough to provide us some of the top things to note in this latest edition of the LMI. We have it queued up right here. Hey guys, it's uh, it's great to see you totally live. Um, so today I, I wanted to talk uh, about what we found in the report. And this is a really interesting report because I think we're starting to see maybe we're getting close or maybe we've now hit kind of the top of the crazy logistics costs and stresses that we've seen 
over the last 18 months, really two years, but but the last 18 months has been has been really, really intense. And there's a couple different ways that we kind of see this manifesting in this month's report. So the first uh, graph I, I have for you here is the overall index. And you can see we moved up a point from 75.2 to 76.2. 76.2 is the highest that we've ever been uh, in the six years we've been doing this. So it's the fastest rate of overall expansion that we've seen for the LMI in six years. And if you look at just like Q1 of 2022, because now we're at the end of Q1 for 2022, the average has been a 74 and a half, um, which would have been, you know, like the three very, very high readings. Uh, and it's mostly, it's mostly being fueled right now by, by two things. One is absolute lack of warehousing capacity. It's at a 36 right now, which is also the lowest uh, that's ever been. So the greatest rate of contraction we've ever seen in the warehousing space. And that's a lot due to really high inventory levels. Uh, our two highest ratings uh, we've ever had have been the last two months as we sort of built up all of this mass uh, that came in late during Christmas. Plus, at the same time, I think we also see some retailers pulling stuff forward because they're worried about the, uh, the, the dock stuff in uh in Ju in july the the dock workers uh contract expiring and if you remember in 2015 that caused a big slowdown and i think people are really trying to avoid that as, as much as possible and maybe now would be a good time when there's a little bit of a lull relatively uh at the port so we're pulling a lot of inventory forward at the same time consumers are not spending uh quite as much money on goods as they were before partly because now there's services available. You can go to grandma's house. You can go to movies. You can go to baseball games, maybe in a couple of weeks. Things are kind of opening up. And so we're not spending as much goods on, uh, as much money on services. Plus the money we are spending on services isn't going as far. And that's because inflation was up, you know, 7.9%, 7.8% in February. It's going to be up quite a bit in March as well. We saw it was bigger in, in the Eurozone in March and February. Wouldn't be surprised to see that uh, here in the US. And so that adds up to this graph right here, which is our aggregate logistics price. And so aggregate logistics price you can see is uh, a combination metric of warehousing price, transportation price, and uh, inventory cost. So 271.3, which is our highest by, by 0.2, just above where we were in November. And so supply chains have never been more expensive than they are right now in terms of cost growth in March because of all of this inventory in the system. Now, this is a different 271 than the one we saw in November, and here's why. In, in November, it was really driven by um, transportation, and now it's driven more by all the stuff that's stuck in supply chains, which in some ways is not quite as ideal, I don't think, because what it shows is where the costs were really high in November because everything was moving dynamically as fast as it could, the costs are high now because everything is stuck. And some evidence of, of sort of the ramifications of everything being stuck, as well as these crazy diesel fuel costs we've seen are, uh, are in this next picture here. So if you look, we broke out a couple different, uh, we sliced the data up a couple different ways. We looked at upstream versus downstream. So upstream is your manufacturers, wholesalers, 3PLs, things like that. Downstream is primarily retailers. And we looked at early March, so March 1st to the 15th, versus late March, which is the 16th to the 31st. 
and I think we see really interesting numbers here, especially if you, if you hone in on that transportation capacity, which is that middle graph there. So the green bar uh, is upstream in the first half of March. There's a 40. That's about you know the, the level of co contraction with capacity we've been seeing. If we go forward, though, to the second half of March, suddenly it's a 55, right? So we move 15 points. We move from pretty steady to contraction to actually fairly mild rates of expansion. And that expansion is the first expansion we've seen in 18 months. If you take all of this together as a whole, just all of upstream putting the first and, and second half of March together, it's a 50, which is neutral. And again, we haven't been at neutral. We haven't been anything other than contraction since I think June of 2020 um, for, for transportation. And I think August of 2020 uh, for warehousing. So this is really, really kind of a shift we're seeing in the back half of March that suddenly there's some slack in capacity. We're see we saw the same movement downstream. We went from a 31 to a 45. The difference is we are so far down uh, downstream that we couldn't quite get up to, uh, to growth. Okay, so we, we saw these these big movements. The last uh, the last piece I want to take a look at here is is price. You can see price. The rate of growth went down from 94, which is a, a absolutely scorching rate of growth, to 84 for uh, for upstream firms. Now 84 is still a, a a very healthy rate of growth, but it's 10 points lower. It's statistically significantly lower when you look at it with the t test than what we saw in the first half of March. Uh, downstream was lower as well, but only five points. There was no statistical significance there. But I think it's interesting. And it's interesting because we've always kind of known, and, and Zach, you wrote this um, uh, the other day in your chart of the week, the pace we've been going at was unsustainable. There was no way we could keep going at this pace. And it was sort of a question of, okay, well, when will we start to turn the corner? It seems like possibly the combination of, we have way too much inventory on hand, consumer dollars aren't going as far, and those those diesel costs that five dollars and fifteen cents for diesel or whatever it was i think that's what it was at uh uh this monday that is finally getting us to the point where these costs are so high consumers can't absorb the high costs like they did in 2021 and now maybe we have to do something else now i don't know that this would lead to a full-on recession because we're starting from so high that we have some some slack right we have some slack and actually getting some slack in the uh, in the transportation and freight markets might not be the worst thing in the world. And so it really, the interesting question now is, because we're turning, we, we are turning, it seems very clear. The interesting question now is, are we turning too far where we're gonna veer into a freight recession or are we turning to the place where we're sort of normalizing and hitting um, that market equilibrium that we've been uh, chasing for the last 18 months? Oh man, so really, Great insight from Dr. Zach Rogers. And I kind of want to hone in on the last thing that he just said. And now if our guys in the back can queue up a chart for me, I want to queue up the used truck prices first, because he's talking about, are we swinging violently one direction or the other? So this is the used truck price. We talked about it this morning on the on freight, uh, freight waves now. And uh, to me, uh, he's, he's kind of being, he's stopping short of saying this is, it's still too early to say freight recession, et cetera. Well, Looking at this chart, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on my physics, because I'm a little bit uh, shaky. Looking at this chart, you've got the outbound tender rejection uh, index in the green line. It's plummeting. You've got the used truck price for three years. Just exponential increase still. So this is 
um, uh, this chart is basically illustrating cost versus capacity. Yeah. <laughs> And that circle there that you see, that's the last transition that we had. That was that 2019 year where truck prices actually stayed elevated through or late, like much further deeper into the, after the cycle had already turned. So this to me is like inflation uh, to, uh, I, I don't, I think it's a little extreme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to see this market turn rapidly and I think it's going to be violent and I think it's going to be one of those situations just because of the sheer weight of the, what I'm looking at in these charts is just so big. Like the pendulum swings back as hard as it swings forward. Yeah, yeah. I, I, ju I just feel like we got a long way to go. Your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you brought this chart up. I know we're talking about it on uh, Freight Was Now earlier this morning. And I was, I thought it was an, an amazing, brilliant uh, takeaway because you look at how high those used truck prices are yeah. And they're still elevated with rates coming down, spot rates yep. coming down. Like you said, they're going to have to be under these used truck prices. It's going to be a burden that they're going to have to carry mm -hmm. for a longer amount of time from more carriers with lower rates, especially exactly. if you're a new entrant yep. into the market. So when I look at this, it, it tells, uh, a, a, I think, a great story. I love the little the circle around it <laughs> because I think when you tie it all together, it really shows the amount of pain that a lot of folks might start feeling, not already feeling, but it's going to be extended because when you look at how many people are going to be under these used truck prices, those smaller operations yeah. compared to those larger carriers, the other great point that you brought up was people competition within it. Yep. When you have competing, competing, yeah, I mm -hmm. think that's a huge point in this because when you have that competition, that's not going to be able to be had right. with some of those smaller <laughs> competitors, which... Yeah, this is used truck service. prices. So yeah. most of the time, the three-year models go to these smaller fleets because they don't have the buying power with the, uh, the OEMs. Uh, but again, the used truck prices are just a good way. You know, you normally don't, back in the day, the logic was you don't want to take that depreciation. And now you're paying as much for a used truck as you yeah. did for a new truck. Uh, and especially at these smaller fleets, owner-operator level. Uh, and with capacity easing, is that going to deflate rates? And a lot of these carriers, these smaller fleets, have a dependency on the spot market that these larger fleets do not because they have these contracts with these larger shippers. And so this is, yeah, that chart was a, a really, it stood out to me. Now, Craig Fuller kind of touches on this on his most recent uh, article as well talking about breaking down operating expenses tied to trucking, bloodbath, et cetera. Like he's been on a, a tear uh, lately. Uh, some people uh, basically accused him of busting the market, but I'm like, he's got data behind him. Like yeah. what we're looking at is not something that we're trying to validate at this point. So I want to pull up another chart real quickly to kind of illustrate, this is going to be the fuel costs uh, chart. And it's going to help illustrate what he's talking about here in terms of inflationary pressure. Zach Rogers talked about fuel costs and fuel prices. This is the gross fuel expense as a percent of total revenue uh, for the dry van consolidated uh, in the blue line. And you can see that it's hovering around a, you know, 18, 19%. Uh, it's been going up to start the year, <laughs> but that's in through February. This is, the, this is the TCA data, the Truckload Carriers Association data that measures mainly mid to small size fleets. Yeah. And this is their percent of fuel cost that they have, gross fuel expense. Look, you, you look at the orange line right there, that's the average retail price of fuel for the United States. And you can see that most of that chunk, that most of that jump occurs in March. 
I'm going to be interested to see what happens uh, come April when we see the uh, updated data here. Yeah, and I think, I mean, even bringing it back to Dr. Zach Rogers, who just had the LMI, mm -hmm. one of the great points that he had in there was that the beginning of March looked a lot different than the second half of March. And like you said, there are so many divergent trends that I'm looking forward to, to seeing. Probably not going to be excited about some of the results yeah, right? here. But like when we looked at, for example, just throwing one out there, personal consumption expenditures on durable goods got updated through February. Yeah. February was showing some signs of softening in, in terms of volumes, but it was still pretty elevated. Yeah, this, this is all, all of this stuff has happened literally. We, we've, we've called the date March 6th yeah. <laughs> in all of our stuff. It almost like the whole market turned on one day. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, it's like March is just the, the month for events to happen here now. But when you look at that data, it just shows that we haven't even started to see started yeah. to see some of the macroeconomic data catch up to what we're seeing in some of our proprietary stuff. We're looking at volumes right now. Those durable goods have fallen. And I mean, we saw, I think it was 2.5% downward movement on yep. consumer spending for durable goods through February. And that's include that's it. Well, that's adjusted for inflation. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, I mean, when we look at that going into this next month, it's going to get real interesting. And of course, we got to see what... Uh, Jerome Powell does with those interest rates as He's well. He's going to bump them up. He's going to bump them up, Anthony. It's going to go up. You. It's going <laughs> to go up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week. And thank you so much to Parker for stopping by. Hopefully, everybody at Project 44 is doing well. Anybody wants to come on the show, they can. Yeah. <laughs> come on over. I mean, drink more water. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to go to tv.braves.com. Get signed up for Northwest Arkansas. We got an event coming up in a couple of weeks here. A few weeks. About a month. Hope to see you there. Have, Have a great week. Day.